Hey listeners, this is your host Brian Almeida. I have a special announcement before we get started on this week's solo episode. I'm going to be offering a handful of my guests what I want to call a 15-minute discoverable call. Uh, this is just 15 minutes with me to discuss anything you want, uh, podcasting, something going on in your life, you know, facing vulnerability, whatever it might be. I'm going to include a link for my calendar in the show notes where you can book your 15-minute call, and I look forward to speaking with some of you soon. Thanks and take care. Welcome to The Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. This is episode two of Relatable Thursdays. Hey listeners, so we're back for the second episode of Relatable Thursdays. This week I'm going to talk about something uh, more recent in my life, something that I've also talked about on a previous solo episode, and that's uh, male infertility. Um, As I spoke about in my second solo episode uh, in the beginning of this year, um, this is something that I've had to deal with recently in in my life in terms of my wife and I having a kid. But I wanted to get into it a little bit more and really just focus on on this one thing for today's episode because I think it's just something that needs to be talked about more uh, for for many reasons. One, because I think that there's a very little sort of knowledge about it, very uh, little attention paid to the subject. And the second reason is because I think that if more men were to sort of realize that this is something that happens, that they might be able to sort of avoid certain things or not necessarily avoid but at least be able to know what's going on because uh, the unfortunate part with male infertility is it's it's very hard to notice it's uh, female infertility is something that you know through a lot of the the sort of checkups and everything that they have uh, certain things can be discovered but with male infertility it's something that can go undiscovered for a long period of time and and really unless you're willing to sort of go to your doctor and ask for certain tests it's something you might not find about until it's far too late um, in my case it was almost there and in some cases it, it, it gets there in some cases it's too late and there's nothing that can be done um, so yeah, so I mean, to start off, the first thing I think I want to sort of touch on is dealing with your ego in terms of this. Um, for me, you know, the first time around that my wife and I went to a fertility clinic, you know, I, I didn't want to admit that um, there might be anything wrong with me. You know, they told me, oh, uh, I need to lose weight uh, because I sat for my job. I, I couldn't, I need to buy a standing desk, um, you know, c- certain things that, that they said I should should do. And for me, it was just like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with me and you know, I think, you know, that whatever they're saying is just some way for them to maybe, I don't know, make money or uh, it was a weird sort of headspace to be in. All I thought about was, why aren't you giving me good suggestions? Why are you just giving me suggestions to make me spend money? Uh, little did I know that maybe some of those suggestions were better than I thought. But again, because of my ego and sort of saying to myself, uh, you know, what you're telling me is sort of superficial and there's probably nothing wrong with me you know, th- that stopped me from actually looking into it anymore. And then this time around dealing with the ego was in the sense that, you know, you come to this realization that as a man, you're supposed to be able to provide, you're supposed to be able to do your part in, in obviously creating a child. 
and then you're not able to and that definitely takes a hit at your ego because you're like well this is sort of a function of being a man and now I can't be that man and so you know it was it was different each time but I still had to relate with that whole or or touch on that whole part of of my ego and sort of realize like this is not really the important part about how it's hurting me or affecting me you know it's it's more about what can I do about the whole situation how can I you know get through the situation with my wife and get to the point of having a kid. The, the thing, the other thing that, that really hit me right away was how fragile our bodies can be. I mean, you know, our bodies, we, we sort of just go on and on and with our lives, you know, not really, maybe some of us obviously take better care, but you know, we may not take the best care of our bodies that we can. We, we sort of take our bodies for granted. We think, you know, we're going to may, maybe not think we're going to live forever. But in that sense, we don't think about the foods that we eat necessarily may, may not work out as much as we should and do all these other things that, you know, we, we, we should probably be doing. And we don't realize that those the, the effects that this might have on our body over the long term. And when I started doing some more research into male infertility, I realized that there's, you know, a few things that I had been doing that may have affected this or may have caused this to happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's really unknown at this point, even as much research as I could do. It's still a very, um, it's, it's still a subject that's very, uh, loosely, or I don't want to say loosely research, but it's just, there's, there's no real clear picture on it. You know, it, there, there's multiple reasons. There's multiple things uh, that could cause male infertility. It could be, you know, injuries. It could be, um, you know, drugs. It could be obesity. It could be cigarettes. It could be food. It, it, it's like it, the list just goes on and on and on, but there's nothing that really says this is what causes it. And it's a hundred percent the cause of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, like one thing that sort of came up when I was doing the research is that the the some of the causes, again, like I just said, were obesity and marijuana. Now, I've struggled with my weight most of my life. Could that have been the issue? I don't know. I've smoked marijuana. Could that have been the issue? I don't know. Like I said, because of these causes and because there's so many of them, it's really hard to say what causes it for each person. And, and again, there's different sort of um, diagnosis as well. My diagnosis, which I spoke about in my last solo episode earlier this year, um, it was, uh, something called primary testicular failure. Uh, and this is basically an issue in my hormones. Uh, there's, there's, uh, lower levels of testosterone and higher levels of two other, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Two other hormones in my body, FSH and LH, there's higher levels of that. Uh, and so again, these levels cause my brain to not tell my testicles to produce enough sperm. And yeah, and that's pretty much all it is. I've never had any major injuries to that area. I've never had anything else, but something in my body decided that, you know, these two hormones weren't going to work properly and, and nothing else about me shows, you know, low levels of testosterone. I have a full beard. I'm a big guy, but for whatever reason, this is something that's going on inside my body. So it's, it's, it's one of those things, like I said, you know, my doc, I could have gone to my doctors every year, got the normal checkups, but unless I did certain blood work, unless I did uh, sperm tests, unless I did all these other things, there really was no way of, of figuring this out. There was no way of knowing that this was happening. It, it just sort of was happening over time. 
and luckily I, I you know like i said earlier in the episode luckily i i caught it when i did go by going to a fertility clinic had i left this for another couple of years or even maybe another 12 months i really don't know i mean at this point in time i could be at a point where i might be completely infertile i don't know and i won't know until the next time I have to do one of these tests if I do one of these tests. So it's one of those things, like I said, you know, I'm glad that I found out when I did. But if you can find out sooner, it may be better for you in the long run because, you know, it gets to a point where if you can't produce, then you can't at all help in having a child. And then you're looking at either donors or you're looking at adoption. And these are conversations that, you know, again, they're going to be ha- some people have to have them but for a lot of us it may not be the easiest conversation and in my opinion what might be easier is sort of doing some of these tests or or talking to your doctors about these sort of things because again you know it's something that if you catch early enough there's still some things that can be done um you know whether it's looking at some sort of treatments that might help or whether it's you know freezing sperm so that if you get to a point where you're not producing you still have that sort of in storage and then you can use that in different processes whether you know be IUI IVF or other processes to help um, with with the sort of conceiving a child so Another huge fact that really surprised me, and I talked about this again in my previous episode, but, uh, you know, looking at it again on uh, in the research that I did for this episode, you know, the, there's approximately 40% of males that are infertile for many different reasons. And 40% to me is a huge number. I mean, that means four out of 10 guys. So if you look at you and 10 people, 10 males that you know, you could be one of four. You know, it's not a small number. If it was, you know, 5%, 10%, this may be something that I wouldn't even necessarily talk about or wouldn't think is important. But when you're talking 40%, you're verging on 50% of men. That's a that's a high number. That's something that I think, you know, there's probably a handful of people that I know that might have to deal with this at some point that are unaware of it. Um, and that's, again, why I'm putting this out. I, I want to create that awareness around this. And, and I, I want to do my part to, in doing that in multiple different ways. I mean, this podcast, my first solo, my, sorry, my second solo episode was another one. And there's hopefully going to be other ways for me to do that over time once I figure out, uh, you know, how to do it. And also once I really get an understanding of this subject, because I still don't have a full understanding, but I definitely have a better understanding because I've wanted to dive into it since sort of it came into my life since I've had to deal with it. Uh, you know, the other thing that amazes me and, and is, is that this wasn't an issue 50 years ago. I mean, 50 years ago, you didn't really hear about these issues in men. I mean, men were extremely more fertile and there wasn't, again, any real conversation about male infertility. I don't know what the percentages were back then, if there were any, but they definitely weren't 40%. Um, in, ter- in fact, you know, men were producing a lot more sperm back then than they are now. And could this be due to, you know, chemicals, foods, things that have come in over the last 50 years? I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, again, when I was doing the research, there were so many different reasons that it's hard to really understand what the main reason would be. But I do know, you know, if we look at obesity, for example, the correlation between obesity 50 years ago and obesity now is huge. It's, it's, I think, doubled or tripled since, you know, 50 years ago. So again, it's, it's, there, there's certain things that definitely stand out to me, but there's no way of knowing which one is going to be the cause for different people. Because again, different things affect different people. And, and, you know, it's just, again, without doing tests, it's, it's next to impossible to know. So if I can suggest anything, you know, I would suggest 
maybe going out talking to your doctor saying you want to do a couple of tests i mean it's like i said it's a, a, a blood test and uh and a sperm test it's not really anything too intrusive or anything like that but it might give you some insight as to what you might have to deal with you know down the road should you be deciding to have children um so yeah i mean like i said go go, go talk to your doctor that would be my first piece of advice the this the other thing that I want to touch on in this episode really is is also the fact that because of the issues that I have with my body and the direction that my wife and I had to go to conceive a child, which was IVF. I mean, knowing that 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 knowing that we had to go through IVF and because it was more so because of my body and not hers, added a whole new set of uh, I don't want to, struggles might not be the right word but we'll go with that for now like it, it added a whole new set of struggle to the situation for me especially because to realize that you can't help in the way that you should be able to and again you know I guess I'm sort of stepping back into the ego but it's to realize that you know you can't provide for your wife you can't you can't help in the way that you want to to create this this life to bring this child into the world it, it, it that hurts and and it hits you hard i mean the day that we found out it hit me really hard because it made me think about the past it made me think about other reasons that i had sort of come up with in my head as to why we weren't conceiving it it, it just made me for lack of a better term it made me feel like a jerk it made me feel like an idiot it, it just made me look at you know myself and say you know what the hell's wrong with you and and although what was wrong with me is not something that i necessarily could have been aware of it still made me question a lot of things from the past right and then having to see my wife go through the struggles of ivf the injections the just the wear and tear that it takes on you emotionally and physically was hard because again it wasn't her body her body was fine you know, if nothing was wrong with me, then chances are we could have done this naturally and we wouldn't have had to go through this process. Had I paid more attention five years ago, we might not have had to go through this process. So again, it's just that thing of, you know, having to see somebody else go through so much struggle because of your own ignorance, it's not easy to deal with. And I don't want to see, all right, you know, I'd prefer to see less people go through this. I'd prefer to see more people find out a little bit sooner because again you know for women it's a little bit easier to find out it's a little bit easier to discover issues uh, with their body but for us guys we just we're not going to know unless we specifically ask to do these tests which again you know it seems kind of funny to me if 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 the infertility of men is at 40 percent it seems to me that we should be paying a little more attention to this we should be trying to help men out a little bit more but uh, at the end of the day, I guess until we speak up, I don't know if anything will be done. I mean, if you look at media and everything like that, it, it's more uh, focused on female infertility and, and the things that are wrong with females or the fact that, you know, because of high levels of stress and, you know, women in the workforce and the things that you have to deal with in there is causing these issues with infertility. But then we don't look at the male side of things and what could be causing that. Like I said, you know, obesity, cigarette smoking, marijuana, whatever it might be. These are things that, you know, I see a lot of men doing and they probably wouldn't think it's going to affect them in any way whatsoever. 
you know, they, they'll continue to do these habits. I continue to do a lot of bad habits um, without thinking that it was really affecting me. Even when I spoke with the doctors at the, at the fertility clinic in regards to my smoking and marijuana, they didn't think it really uh, caused any of this to happen. But in doing my research, it was one of the top causes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to sort of understand this whole area right now because I still think, like I said, there's very little known about it. But I think the more that we speak about it, the more that we talk about it, the more that we'll find out, you know, if, if somebody, you know, that's listening to this wants to reach out to me and talk to me about my experience, I have no problem talking about it. I've been open about this area of my life twice. And, and I can, and, and like I said, I want to continue to be open about it. I want to continue to help others, you know, whether I've even thought maybe to look into sort of groups that might be out there if there is any, or, you know, even speaking with the clinics that, that I, that we went to, or the clinic that helped us get pregnant specifically just to sort of see if there's anything that they're doing or if there's anything that they're sort of bringing up to, to help men understand this. Because even when you go into the clinics, it's not like there's, you know, posters or information or anything like that, that I could see that talked about male infertility that made it so that maybe guys that are coming in there with their wife realize, okay, wait, maybe this isn't just her. Maybe it's me again for us. It didn't, we didn't find out until, you know, we were, I think a couple months into the process, you know, my wife had gone through a ton of blood work. I had gone through a little bit of blood work. And, And that's the other thing too. Like when you go to these fertility clinics, my wife was getting blood taken out, you know, multiple times day after day, you know, week after week. And for me, it was like one blood test and, and uh, I think one sperm test. And then all of a sudden we sit down after months of all these sort of different tests and things. And they're like, well, you know, the issue is with, with me, with Brian, you know, the issues with his body and here's what's going on. And, and then I went for a second opinion to another doctor to make sure, because again, I don't, not that I didn't believe what the fertility clinic was telling me, but I always like to have a second opinion. So I went and got that second opinion. And again, it was one piece, one bit of blood work, I think for them. I don't even think I did a sperm test for them. And they were able to tell me, you know, sort of what the fertility clinic was saying was right. So, but it's, it's, again, it's, it's so little that I had to do. And, and that's why, like I said earlier, I, I would, really suggest that more men if you know you're concerned about this or if this is making you think at all to go out there and and do these tests it's not that difficult for us but it may give you insight into to things that you're unaware of and and aside from fertility it may give you insight into other things that you're unaware of again it's you know these aren't really difficult tests that that have to be done you know to to make to to sort of come to these conclusions or to realize you know what's going on with your body because there's nothing that's really going to tell you aside from that, you know, I didn't feel any different. I didn't, you know, like I said, there wasn't like a loss of uh, hair, my head. I mean, I'm, I'm balding now, but I think so does every other man. But, you know, like I said, my body size was good. My full face of hair, like nothing would have told me that I had low testosterone levels. There's nothing, even when we went through all the other sort of, um, I guess, correlations you would say with, with low testosterone levels, I don't really have any of them. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where it's next to impossible to tell uh, when it comes to men. So, uh, you know, for me, like at the end of the day, I'm glad that, you know, my wife and I are pregnant now that I know about this, that I was able to sort of get uh, an understanding of it before it was too late. Cause like I said, you know, waiting another couple of years, who knows what would happen. I've been told at this point that by the time I'm in my forties that I may not produce any more, and so then I'm, you know, I'm completely infertile. At that point, 
will it affect me as much? Will it matter to me as much? I don't know because I'm I'm hoping that by that point we've had the kids that we want to have and and that part of our life is sort of you know not done but is is we've 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 moved past it. But at the same time, you know that could have that could happen next year. And if I had to wait another year for my wife and I to get pregnant, then like I said at the beginning of this episode, what would we be looking at? What are our options then? And and that's again much harder discussions in my opinion and things that. You know, we definitely wouldn't have wanted to necessarily had to look at. We, the, the, what we had to go through was hard enough as it is, but at least this child is, like I said, it's ours, and we're able to, you know, know that it's created from both of us. And and again, not not that there's anything wrong with adoption or anything like that, but again, it, it's it's that. I don't know. It's it's that thing of I, I don't think that that's what anybody really sort of pictures at the end of the day or or wants at the end of the day they 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 get there because of something like this happening and and they have to to get to that point where that's the only option so if you can make it so that that doesn't have to be the only option i think that that's going to be better for any of us so yeah so again guys you know uh, i'm glad that you guys are listening to these episodes and, and that that they might be helping you in some way or another again like i said if you want to reach out uh, reach out to me on social i've also got a link in the show notes that you could set up a 15 minute call with me if this is a subject that you want to talk about i'm sure i can give you more than 15 minutes but again it's just you know let, let's start talking about this more uh, you know if there's any guys out there listening that have gone through something like this please reach out if there's any guys you know that uh, know somebody maybe sort of have them reach out I, I want to get some more conversations started about this and hopefully through some more content and things that i'll do in the future like articles and once i get some more research in this i'll be able to to provide some more insight as well like i said whether it's looking into groups that might be out there or other information that i'm just unaware of so far so um yeah uh, again guys thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode um and uh and yeah we'll uh, see you again next week take care Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.